Welcome to Who Wrote That Up For You, a daily podcast that shines a light on the American justice system and its role in empowering the powerful to take from you. The justice system is the only branch of your government where an individual, rather than the collective, can make the system act for you. It puts power in the individual's hands, but it's broken and being used against you at a time when you need it most. And we are live on Who Wrote That Up For You. Today is Thursday, October 13th, 2022. Uh, I am Sonia Ebron, a co-founder at Courtroom 5. And I am Deborah Sloan, the other co-founder at Courtroom 5. Got a fantastic show lined up for you today. In just a few moments, we'll speak with Ibrahim Asam uh, at eCourt Date. He's doing some very interesting work to make sure that everyone uh, can get to their court hearings on time, regardless of their native language. A little further in the show, we'll speak with immigration lawyer Jared Jascott at Jascott Law, and he's done some really fantastic work uh, in AI in the law, uh, particularly around immigration issues. Before we get there, though, Deborah, what's on your mind today? What's the issue of the day? Well, I was uh, I was reading a blog post earlier about unclean hands. It's pretty old, but it's about the unclean hand doc- doctrine, whereby uh, a plaintiff, if a plaintiff has acted unethically or broke a law in connection to the circumstances that brought them to court, uh, a defendant can use that uh, at the unclean hands defense to uh, basically have the case uh, dis- uh, uh, dismissed or you know eradicated, whatever you call it. Um, but the the problem and and the the goal of that particular defense is to keep people from basically abusing the system in order to to um, benefit from that situation. The problem is that that's I, I'm seeing that as a weak defense because it's typically used um, uh, if it's used at all. It's never used against a big corporation. Um, it, it's never used against mortgage companies and banks and things like that, although they cheat all the dang time. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's the, the courts are never going to use that to dismiss a foreclosure case, for example, against a mortgage, you know, uh, against a mortgage company. And it's, it's really sad because, uh, what, uh, pro se litigants ought to be able to use the affirmative defenses or the defenses that are allowed to them and should be able to um, uh, describe what happened and use that as, as, a, as a defense. But they're not because they're up against the big company. And I think it's unfair. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly certainly is. And it just reminds me as I, as I listen to you about the common sense of certain terms uh, and the legal sense of those terms and the distance between them. You know, there's, um, you know, we understand what unclean hands are just as an ethical issue that, you know, don't even, you don't even need to explain that very much. But then, as you mentioned, the courts don't enforce it against certain players and they've got case law that describes exactly what they mean by unclean hands. The courts mean by unclean hands and uh, and so there is that distance between what regular people think is unethical behavior uh, and what the courts deem uh, to be unethical <laughs> behavior. That's, 
Yeah, it's it, it is a difficult defense to bring to a claim for that very reason. You might see the unethical behavior of the plaintiff plain as day, and nobody would disagree except the courts that have case law <laughs> that defines how that's to be used. So yeah, you're absolutely right. People need to understand. You know, um, we say this to sovereign citizens and folks, folks like that using admiralty law and that kind of uh, those kinds of uh, defenses all the time. You've got to follow what the court says. They've written this stuff down. Right. Um, how these things are to be applied. And so there's common sense and then there's court sense. And quite frankly, in court, it's court sense that wins, period. Uh, you gotta, you gotta sort of follow uh, the rules there. But thanks for, for, for raising that issue. It's absolutely right. Who Wrote That Up For You is sponsored by Courtroom 5. At Courtroom 5, we believe the courts belong to the people and we the people are coming to claim our courts. And so if you are in court without a lawyer uh, or you need to sue someone and can't find a lawyer uh, to represent you, get yourself over to courtroom5.com. Try a limited version of our services for free and we hope to provide you some, uh, some relief there. Uh, at this time, it's my great pleasure to welcome to the show Ibrahim uh, uh, Isom at eCourt Date. Ibrahim, thanks so much for joining us on Who Wrote That Up For You. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Deborah. How are you today? We are great. Good, good to see you. Ibrahim, um, tell us a bit about eCourt Date and your, uh, your mission uh, behind that effort. eCourt Date is a cloud-based communications platform we launched in 2020. And we're used by the court system. Uh, so primarily direct courts, municipal courts, family, civil, uh, criminal, and as well as adjoining justice agencies such as probation, pretrial, uh, community supervision, corrections, and law enforcement. And our platform is used to communicate. It's essentially like a, if you've ever used Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or one of those uh, two-way messaging apps, uh, but a little bit more powerful and a little bit more dynamic for the courts, and of course, a little bit more secure. That's excellent. I should tell our audience that we use uh, eCourt Date uh, as a part of the services at Courtroom 5, uh, just to make sure our users are able to uh, reach their court dates on time and to get other reminders of uh, the tremendous work they have to do uh, in litigating their own cases. So thank you uh, for that relationship. Um, it, it, Abraham, tell us now, you have a particular concern about uh, people who are not native English speakers. Um, Where does that derive um, from and just how does it get you to the creation of eCourt Day? Well, firsthand experience and basic facts. Uh, This country has always been a diverse country. We've never had an official uh, language in terms of uh, the government uh, official language. It's never been officially English. The government has always worked to serve whoever the residents and whoever the people may be in whatever languages they may speak. And, uh, you know, as it is today or in the last with the most recent census, uh, more than 60 million people speak a language other than English at home uh, as their first native language. In some states, more than one and a quarter residents uh, as well, you know, speak a, a language other than English. So if we want to ensure equal access to justice for every court user, uh, being able to provide uh, translated messages, communication from the court, at least in terms of any procedural steps, any documented, anything that's a one-off that may be different, but if it's 
a consistent process, we really should invest more into uh, making that accessible to everyone. That is so well said, extraordinary, because there are consequences oftentimes for not getting uh, communications from the court or not being able to understand them uh, in your in your language. Could you speak to some of those consequences and just what you've seen uh, from people who don't get adequate court communications? Absolutely. There's plenty of miscommunication, confusions and confusion just in English um, that result in negative and severe consequences on people's lives. Um, Often it could have been prevented with some pricey preparation by an attorney uh, or some unreasonable obligation to expect on the person uh, themselves. Um, So of course you could say that there is equal access to justice, but that's when you have the funds to, to pay a private service to support you throughout that process. If you don't have that and it's just you against the court system and the court system is not effectively using modern technology, then you're almost out of luck. And if you're the defendant or it's in a criminal matter and it's a simple uh, confusion, that could lead to arrest, that could lead to you know being imprisoned. And of course, we all know any kind of interaction can lead to uh, even more severe consequences on someone's life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you are making this available. If I understand it, there are courts that are interested in improving uh, their uh, communications and making sure that uh, their citizens and residents in their territories uh, get adequate notices of court hearings and and so forth. Uh, Can you just um, highlight some of the courts you're working with to um, uh, make sure that this technology is available to them? Of course, uh, courts are realizing the value of being able to use even simple technology like a text message reminder. You know, a judge, just like a, say, a dentist who sends you a reminder before their appointments. Those are people that value their time and they want to ensure that you show up to the proceedings at the correct time, well-informed, prepared, aware of what you need to do and how you need to dress and how you need to appear, whether it's in-person or virtual, any documentation, whatever the case may be. Um, just you know, being able to have that information in advance. And so I think judges and clerks intuitively understand the importance of this. Sometimes there's different complexities that relate, you know, just related to the court system. So that may end up taking longer to reach their full goals, depending on their own type of, uh, you know, their own their own objectives. And we really try to build a tool that that brings value to the court system and reduces their costs and it increases the appearance rates it's not about any particular language or any particular idea or story or um, process. You know, we're not advocating any any specific process. Every court is different. Every jurisdiction is different. And so our system really is flexible and allows every court to kind of develop their own model and develop their own approach. Um, at the end of the at the end of the day, it's, it's simply just better communication results and better outcomes. In terms of where we are up to now, uh, we started in the beginning of 2020 with our first uh, production customers. We had 2019 while we were developing the initial version of the product. Uh, But we are currently in about 12 states, uh, pushing 200 different counties, and uh, maybe 1,137 was the last count, I believe, plus or minus, in terms of individual physical uh, courthouses. Now, of course, we're doing a lot of virtual. So we have virtual video rooms, virtual meetings, virtual 
uh, events. So that's a whole different type of count that we're not considering. We're also statewide in three different states now. I think when we first started working together, we were only statewide in one. That's right. That's right. And it's been so exciting to see uh, your growth there. Uh, Fantastic. And we wish you continued success. This is such a a desperately needed uh, solution, technology solution. Uh, Ibrahim, I'll share um, with our audience uh, just your website there at eCourtDate. Where else can uh, people find you online? Uh, You can also find us on our LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn. uh, It's also eCourtDate in terms of our user. I'm also uh, sometimes active on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, that's where we are. We're not really a Facebook or Instagram type company. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. LinkedIn is great. Thank you so much uh, again for joining us, Ibrahim, on Who Wrote That Up For You. Uh, We'll continue to track your progress uh, and have you back. Thanks so much. Thank you, Deborah. All right. Fantastic. That is that is great news. And I'm I'm just excited to continue to see uh, his growth there. Deborah, who uh, won yesterday's challenge, if anyone? And what do you have teed up for us today? Well, we do have a winner from yesterday. And the question was pretty uh, complex as well. Uh, In the lawsuit that Kelsey filed against Dr. Fig Newton for medical malpractice, Kelsey, who is pro se, objects to one of Dr. Newton's discovery requests based on work product privileges. Privilege. What does Kelsey make? Kelsey is withholding information she deems privileged. The law allows documents and other materials prepared in anticipation of litigation to be withheld in discovery. Uh, As a um, a pro se litigant, I have uh, uh, once (laughs) been able to uh, successfully hold back a document that a a private investigator had uh, created for me. Uh, so uh, Helen is, is uh, absolutely correct. Helen J is our winner from yesterday. Congratulations to Helen there. And today's quiz, this is true or false. So you have a 50% chance of winning this one. A response is a document sent to the judge opposing a request from the other side. True or false? A response is a document sent to the judge opposing a request from the other side. If you want to participate in today's quiz, send your responses to quiz at courtroom5.com. Well, that should be fun to see. No excuse for not having a winner there. <laughs> um, again, as you, as you said, you've got a 50% chance. So uh, just uh, send in your, your answer, yes or no. Fant- true or false, rather. Fantastic. Uh, at this time, I am excited to welcome to the show Jared Jascott uh, at Jascott Law. Uh, Jared's an immigration uh, attorney in, I believe, Maryland, uh, and just doing some interesting work in artificial intelligence um, in, in the law. So welcome to Who Wrote That Up For You, Jared. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for inviting me. I love I love this show so far. I'm really impressed. I, I love the whole segment on the unclean hands and in the intro. I'm such a big believer in the laws, spending so much time being a tool of oppression. So the idea that you're turning it on its head is just brilliant. Thank so, you so much. Uh, you know, I, I'll do my version of that segment that you guys just had for YouTube. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Way to go. Way to go. Jared, tell us about uh, Jascott Law and uh, what you're doing there in Maryland. Right. So uh, Jascott Law is an immigration law firm. The sort of immigration law that we practice is broadly referred to as humanitarian. 
What that means is that we represent asylum seekers, victims of crimes, victims of domestic violence. Uh, we represent kids that are victims of abuse, abandonment, or neglect. Um, and, and we do some family petitions, but primarily we're representing people that, are, that have been victimized in some way in their life and are immigrants as a result of that victimization. That is, um, that is very human-centered law. I appreciate your uh, description of, of the work you do there. I've, I've seen your um, writing online um, about the topic of DIY or do-it-yourself immigration courts. Uh, share with our audience, if you would, your thoughts on that subject. Sure. So very similar to what courtroom five is working with. There is no uh, right to counsel an immigration court. And while, you know, and of course, similar to civil court, the stakes of immigration court are very, very high. I mean, in the case of an asylum seeker, we literally have a person here who is saying, if you send me back to my home country, I will be killed. And so, you know, not having an attorney in that circumstance, you know, it's just, it's mind boggling. Combine that with the fact that we know that people that are unrepresented in immigration court have a less than 15% chance of winning their case. And we just have a, a, a real crisis on our hands. And it's, it's really sad. And so uh, there was a law that was, or pardon me, a regulation that was just promulgated in which the federal government has said that they actually are going to begin to allow attorneys to participate in what is known as limited scope representation. Limited scope representation will allow us to help people prepare forms uh, and other pleadings without having to enter our appearance for the entire case. Now, I think a really simple example of this is that there's this thing called a motion to change venue. And so what it might look like is say you came into the United States in Texas, they give you immigration court in Texas, but you ultimately come to Baltimore where I am. You need to move your court from, Baltimore, from Texas to Baltimore. But guess what? When you come to Jascot Law, my law firm, I'm going to tell you, I'm sorry, Sonia, but you're going to need to sign a retainer for $15,000 with me (laughs) because I can't just do this simple little thing for you. Once I put my name next to yours, I'm your attorney until the very end of your entire case. I, I hate saying this to people, absolutely, but you know, that's the way the rules have been. So now we're going to be able to do that motion to change venue. We're going to be able to do it for the low hundreds of dollars. And people are going to be able to bit by bit represent a really kind of a mix of representing themselves. And extraordinary. That is extraordinary. And, you know, you remind me that um, immigration is not handled by the judiciary uh, generally in the United States. It is actually handled in the executive branch. Uh, through the Department of Justice. And so while state courts, by and large, have uh, allowed um, lawyers in, in, in those areas to provide limited scope services and a wide variety of uh, claim types, the federal government, in particular the Department of Justice, is, is, um, is just getting around to allowing immigration lawyers to do the same. Better late than never. This is really good news, right? Sure. No, no, we're really excited about it. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> Better late than never. It is it. extraordinary. So have you seen um, immigration attorneys like yourself lining up to provide uh, these limited scope services? No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, the RAD goes into place on November 14th. I've, you know, I, I've seen some attorneys, we're beginning to talk about it. I 
other than like, I think that my law firm and a few others, like there's not that many people out there that are like really trying to duke it out for humanitarian cases other than nonprofits. Uh, probably a lot of people that don't even believe it's really a profitable way to operate a business. Um, and I, I suspect that they would file this particular change under like something that's even less profitable. And so they're probably not too, uh, too fired up about it. But, you know, I think that it really fits nicely. I mean, obviously, this sort of thing is is very similar to what courtroom five is doing in state courts. Um, and, and it really, I think, you know, app plus maybe a little attorney plus the person doing things themselves. This, that's the unlock to, to make things so much cheaper. So, you know, I, I have... The question in reverse, has Court 5 seen lawyers lining up to compete with you on do-it-yourself solutions? Great question. Great. It is a heavy lift for a variety of reasons, for sure. Uh, so, that, But I appreciate you uh, doing that work. I mean, it, as you said, it is the unlock uh, to close the justice gap. And so it's worth doing it. Um, and frankly, there are a lot of lawyers out there. So uh, we're, we're finding the ones that are uh, like you. Uh, interested in closing the justice gap and making solutions that are affordable uh, to most people. Now, I've also seen you online um, talk about some uh, issues of artificial intelligence applications in the law. And I think you've, in fact, developed uh, one or more. Just share with us what you've done and how you see um, artificial intelligence applications to the law. Yeah. So some of this stems from the idea that, you know, I, I started to really market my firm heavily online and I had a couple of viral moments happen to me and my staff considered them at the time to be a real nightmare. And they said, please don't ever do that again. The reason was, you know, we got like a hundred phone calls in one day. No one could get any work done. We're just answering all these phone calls. And, you know, some of the people that are calling us weren't even really they weren't good clients like that. We, we couldn't help them, in other words. Um, and so I thought about it and I was just, you know, beginning to think about that and saying, you know, but this is the way that things are going to proceed in this world. Like we're going to have more and more and more viral moments, not less and less. How can my law firm deal with that? So I started doing some research. I found this thing called a chat bot. It's very popular now. But when I started looking at it, people hadn't really ever heard of it. And so I started designing my own. I was able to get some funding as time went on, um, make my bots more sophisticated. Now they've had, uh, my bots have had conversations with over 100,000 immigrants. Um, and they're long conversations too. We're talking about probably an average of 16 or 17 messages between the two parties. Um, we focus on a field of artificial intelligence called natural language understanding. Meaning that, you know, I think a lot of chatbots that frustrate people are when they give you this sort of multiple choice logic tree where you have to go through. And that can be helpful, but it is kind of annoying compared to just being able to describe your situation to someone and then they take it all into account and answer you back coherently. So that's really where we focus is trying to create artificial intelligence that can do that. Take what people say in natural language, understand it and respond coherently. Um, and be able to do that, you know, a lot of... I think it's not any surprise to the two of you that immigrants work really hard and a lot of them get off work at two or 3 a.m., you know, from their job in the kitchen. 
Well, lawyers, we tend to like to work from like 9.30 to 5.30 as far as seeing customers. And so when an AI can really talk to someone and have a meaningful conversation with them at 2 a.m., we're providing a lot of legal service for folks, um, you know, in those off hours. It's free. And if you ten, if you do have a viral video, then you can, you know, your bot can talk to the thousands of new potential customers that you have at the same time. All that is extraordinary and such a service. And I, you know, I am uh, can just uh, corroborate uh, that we have a chat bot uh, at uh, Courtroom Five. We call her Sylvia, uh, who talks to people public right. and as well as our, our customers. And you know, we see her most active um, at those same times when lawyers are not. Uh, available. Uh, and so that this use of technology is very important to providing access to people. Uh, really appreciate you doing that. Uh, Jared, uh, you're doing fantastic work. I'm wishing you uh, great success with the uh, limited scope services um, that you uh, hopefully will be able to offer uh, in November, beginning in November. Um, I'm going to share with our audience your website at jascott.law, but where else can people find you online? I'm active on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn and I accept all requests. You know, you know, it's like some people on LinkedIn get all snob. I'm not that like that at all. Please write me on LinkedIn. Uh, I love TikTok. On TikTok, my uh, handle is jascot.abogado. It's all in Spanish. Um, but, you know, TikTok, they're five seconds. Sometimes you can understand them even if you don't speak the language. So. Fantastic. Is Courtroom Five on TikTok? Oh, I'm not the one to ask. I think <laughs> probably. I think we are. Um, but yeah, we've got uh, folks that that handle that. We're probably not the generation that watches. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, we will share your TikTok address and and other materials in the show notes. Jared, thank you so much for uh, the work you do uh, and for joining us on Who Wrote That Up for You. We'll continue to track your progress. Thank you so much. I love your show. We Keep will it going. absolutely. All right. We'll have you back soon. Thanks so much. Great. Fantastic applications of technology uh, here. There is so much going on. Uh, it's just such a pleasure to be able to talk with the developers of, of this kind of tech that's making sure, on one hand, people get the notices uh, that they need and can use uh, in their own languages to get to court on time, uh, and you know, to be able to chat and get legal information um, on your unique matter in the middle of the night there. So just really, uh, really exciting stuff going on. I love it. I love it. Uh, it, it. It really connects to some of the, the um, things we needed to share uh, in this podcast about, uh, you know, a very, very powerful way of uh, uh, either re representing yourself or getting some help with representation. Absolutely. We the people are coming to claim our courts. That's right. <laughs> a little, little tech helps there. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Let's that's all we have for you today. Uh, we will see you on Friday. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Are you feeling beleaguered, angry, or afraid? As if things are spinning out of control and you're powerless to stop them? It's easy to just let things slide and hope they don't get worse. But they often do get worse. The thing is, you're not powerless. Our courts belong to us, and their purpose is to give power to the powerless. 
Don't let your grievances pile up without redressing them. You can handle this in court. Or if someone takes you to court, you can take them to school.